Hey guys, welcome back to What's On Your Mind. Today I'm talking to Haley Hoffman Smith. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I've been such a big fan of Haley's for so long, and just to, for her to come onto my podcast is li- literally a dream come true. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Haley, for being here. But if you guys don't know who Haley is, which, what are you doing? Haley is um, an entrepreneur, an author, a Forbes most influential speaker. I also started her own nonprofit. She's also a podcast host and she's a model. So she has a lot of hats. Um, she also coaches, which is amazing. And she's she's overall just such an amazing human being. She's so kind. She's so sweet. And she says it best. She's the friend who helps your pipe dreams come to life. So Haley, thank you so much for being here. And this is a really good episode. We talk about so much. Um, there's just your mind is gonna be blown a couple times. Just just be prepared. <laughs> uh, don't forget to connect with her on her socials, her Instagram. I I just I didn't ask her to introduce herself because I'm such a big fan of hers. So it's like I just assumed that everybody else was too. But don't forget to connect with her on her socials. Her Instagram is just her name at Haley Hoffman Smith, and she also has an amazing uh, podcast called Big Conversations with Haley Hoffman Smith and her TikTok Haley Hoffman Smith. But enjoy the episode, guys. And one last thing, as usual, her socials will be linked in the show notes and everything that you need to know. So yeah. <laughs> and here's Haley. <laughs> Haley Hoffman Smith. I'm so excited. Haley, say hi. Hi guys. How are you doing, Haley? Oh, I'm so good, but it's like this cloudy, rainy day. So I've been just like snuggled up, getting work done all day, drinking coffee, but feeling good. <laughs> um, what was your day to, what did your day look like today? Today I had a few coaching calls. I had a call with my manager to plan some upcoming things. I got some writing done, got back to some emails, <laughs> did some blogging and I ordered a BLT. <laughs> <laughs> most important part yeah most important part of the day yes totally um well I have a burning question to ask you I don't think I've never really heard you answer it so when where how and why did your manifesting and spiritual journey begin Mm, okay so man I would say that it's like this unfolding journey it's not like one day I was introduced to manifesting and then it was game over I mean, you know, I believe that most of life is an unfolding process. And basically what had happened is I joined this meditation and energy work class my senior year of high school. Nobody was talking about this. I'm saying like back then as if I'm so old, but I'm 24 now and I graduated um, high school in 2014. So I guess like between the years of 2010 to 2014, I always knew that I had, (laughs) this is so crazy, but like psychic capabilities. I just knew I was not a normal person, but I didn't know what to do about that. Like I would just have really strong intuitive senses about things before they would happen. Um, I was just really creative. I remember my friends found the description of something called like a crystal child or something. And they're like, Oh my God, that's totally Haley. It might not even be called crystal child. I think that's what it's called though. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. And so I just always felt like I had these gifts and I didn't know what to do with it. And I went through a really big, um, heart wrenching breakup the summer before my senior year of high school it was, I always say that was the time that that was like my rock bottom from an astrological standpoint, actually Pluto came into exact, I believe, conjunction with my son and Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth and sun is your identity. And so I just did not know who I was. And I really just needed something that would make me feel better. So I found this energy work and meditation class and I ended up going, it was like a 12 week program. And I learned how to use energy and work with energy. And also I remember in that class, we learned how to manifest. So manifesting in that sense is that you do these things called mock-ups where you see in a bubble, basically you having or experiencing or doing the thing that you want to do. And then you send it up and out to the universe. And then you just have to trust that it's going to come. Uh, but I didn't really even take that seriously at that time. I'd say like when I was in my psychic space, so to speak back then, like I definitely saw things before they were coming. Like, again, I, it was more confirmation that I was really gifted, but instead of me going further in the spiritual direction, what doing energy work and meditation actually helped me with was to come back into my body. 
I know that I, I sound like insane right now, but I had never been able to do this thing, which is called a grounding cord, where you have this from the base of your chakra, which is like right at the base of your, of your sorry, your first chakra. So to the base of your spine goes down to the center of the earth. Mine was never, ever, ever connecting. We couldn't figure it out. And my psychic teacher would help me. And basically once that happened, my entire life changed. Like I have no other way to put it except that it must have finally clicked and I must have finally come back into my body and just felt like rooted in my space. And I all of a sudden it became super hyper motivated in my life and was like, I think I'm destined to be president of the United States. Like the only way that I can think of it looking back is that beforehand I was never truly in my body. I was never motivated. I was like a C student. I didn't care about anything. And all of a sudden something switched and everyone was like, what was the switch? Like, how did you just suddenly change from somebody who skated through life to somebody who then started working super hard, got like over a 4.0, started a nonprofit, transferred to an Ivy league all within a few years. And I'm always like, no, I took this energy work and meditation class. Like that's the only real difference. Anyways, flash forward. I did really well my senior year of high school from an academic standpoint, but it was too late. Like I'd already applied to colleges and it doesn't really <laughs> help if you're like, wait, well, I was a good student my last year. So my first year of college, I was just super unhappy because I was not where I wanted to be. I was really envious of friends who had gone to like schools in cooler places. <laughs> and I just really wanted to go to a top tier school. And so honestly, out of desperation, I was like on the interwebs late at night, like looking up, I was just like, I feel like there's something you have to be able to do. It's not enough just to work hard. Like I just always had the sense that like, there's more to this. And that's when I started making vision boards. That's when I watched the secret. I do affirmations. I didn't know to do them at night. So what I do is I'd walk to class and I choose one affirmation. Like I remember there's this one scholarship I really wanted. And I just said it over and over and over again, as I walked to class, it didn't work. It didn't work. Sorry, disclaimer. <laughs> um, but eventually like slowly, little by little, I just, I got more and more into it. I just was, and I remember being alone in it because nobody believed me. And they kind of thought it was crazy. Like I just kind of learned to keep it to myself and having my own little hidden worlds. And then I started tapping that year doing EFT tapping because um, I had really bad anxiety and depression too. It completely cured that. And then I actually manifested like getting into an IV. I got into Brown and that's when it was really like, wow, okay. I think there's something here. You know, it's not just it's not just the fact that I woke up every single day, super determined yeah. and like the most motivated per I suddenly was the most motivated person that I ever knew. It was, there was something deeper there. And I just really got excited about the magic of it. And so then when I, my last years of college, I was really into vision boarding. And there was one summer I made a vision board of a golden doodle, the Amalfi coast and Paris. And then by the next summer I had that exact golden doodle. I manifested a trip to Paris and I got into this Italian summer program and ended up going to the Amalfi Coast. So I was like, okay, it's <laughs> 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 happening. And yeah, so, but again, it was kind of this back and forth, you know, like sometimes it'd pop in my life, sometimes it, it wouldn't. And it really wasn't until I guess a few years ago that I started to really take it seriously. And that was honestly when I got really into EFT tapping, uh, working with a practitioner and she helped me do like affirmations at night. And all of a sudden I just really started to manifest my whole life. Like my life just kept changing more and more and more. And now I'm just clearly obsessed with it. And now it's all, <laughs> I, all I talk about and all, all I research. So really long story, but it was not a clean, like woke up one day, read this book and then my life changed. Like <laughs> yeah. a lot of life is getting subtle hints and then doing yeah. it with doing something with it and seeing where it goes. Well, I think that's what's so interesting is that you talk about how there's no coincidence, co coincidences. I <laughs> messed up that word. And I when I when I heard that, I was like, wait. So every time I said that's just a coincidence, it's not just a coincidence. It's not just yeah. a coincidence. Not to get like wild with it, but <laughs> there's this book called The Holographic Universe that I love. It's really hard to get through because it's like super over your head. It's like quantum physics, but it says that coincidences are actually like almost they're like glitches in the matrix they're proof that parallel realities exist yeah and it's like when because it's supposed to be an illusion right we're not supposed to know that there are parallel realities that we right. shift between but when coincidences happen it's like show it's lifting the veil it's showing that there are multiple realities so that's a whole we just <laughs> went from zero to 100 real quick but <laughs> it's true there's no such thing as coincidences and I'm also I think I take a different stance than a lot of people do with manifesting because while I believe that you can manifest anything you want I also have a strong belief in faith 
and divine timing and divine order. And that sometimes we think we know what's for us when it actually isn't like the example I always use was the school I was manifesting that entire time was Stanford, but I clearly Stanford was not meant for me. I don't know that because I didn't go there. I didn't get in, but I went to Brown and Brown was the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's like, how was I supposed to, you know, there was no way that I could know that. So sometimes it's just like, you got to do your best. You have to have your eye on the prize of like what you would want, but also be open to things coming around at the right time or things happening in a way that that's a little bit different than you expected maybe, but always ends up better. And that doesn't mean that you can't have exactly what you want, but it does mean that you should be flexible and have faith overall. Yeah. It's, I saw this analogy. I don't know if you saw it, but it's like when you go online shopping, right? You buy an item and you place your order. And then sometimes, I mean, sometimes in my case, I'll constantly check and track the shipment. Yes. Like, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? But the more you do that, I feel like, at least for me, it gets delayed even more. When, so and then, whereas if you just place the order and let it come, it'll happen a lot faster. Yes. So, yeah. like, especially that letting go component, I think that it's something a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. So I like to think of letting go as actually just shifting your focus onto something else completely and just forgetting about it. So I I always talk about how every morning I write down three things I'm grateful for. And then I use that same tone and like structure of the sentence to say, I am so grateful for, and then fill in the blank with three things that I'm trying to manifest. And I went through a phase, I guess last summer where I really wanted a manager (laughs) because I had just moved to New York city and a lot of, you know, my influencer friends out here had managers and I'm like, wait, I didn't know you needed me. I like, I just didn't even know that was a thing, but it sounded like something you probably need in this this line of work in your, your career dreams. Uh, and it just, it getting a manager. I, I understood that it wasn't just that it's not like I could email out inquiries right. to different teams. Like I just enough. <laughs> and so I remember I told one of my friends, okay, I'm officially setting my intention that I will have a manager that I'm like, I'm attracting the perfect management team for me. I think I wrote it down in my journal like twice. And then I just completely forgot about it completely. Like it just really was not on my mind at all anymore. And one day in November, so it was like a few months later, I got an email and it said, hi, we're from this one management team. We'd like to discuss representing you. And of course I was like, is this, is this for real? Like, I don't know, you get a lot of like spam emails and I was like, okay. Um, but then I looked them up and I saw like the other clients they have and who they represent. And I'm like, okay, it is, it is happening. And it was, and it was also one of those things where I was like, the, these managers are so spot on perfect for me that it's not like I could have gone out and found it on my own. Right. Like sometimes letting go is really important because the other clients they represent are also some of them are in like the spiritual realm. Like they're experts on what they do like digitally. And I could not have found that. Uh, The other crazy thing too, is that all that while that I was, that I wasn't focused on it anymore, that I'd literally forgotten that I wanted it. I was really into my content. Like that's when I was showing up every single day on TikTok three times a day. That's when I was doing Vlogmas. And they basically said that they had been watching me for the past three months. So the entire time, like I had manifested it, but they were watching me. Right. And they were making sure wow. that I was still showing up. They're like, is this a girl who's like motivated and ambitious and like doing all of it. And it's crazy. Cause you never know who's watching. You never know how your manifestation is coming to fruition. You just haven't gotten the email or the phone call yet, or you haven't like ended up at the same street corner as your soulmate, even though your soulmate just moved in the next neighborhood over. Like you just never know. So a lot of it's just having that faith because hindsight's 2020, as we all know, <laughs> but also like Hindsight's 2020 with a, with a little bit of magic, because there's just no way you could have known. I'm getting the chills because Mm -hmm. I I feel like those are things that I would always say. I was like, you just never know. Like I, I was that person who was always very optimistic and I'm like, it'll come, you know, just don't worry, but hearing it. And also that quantum physics book, like it's rooted in real science. Like, yes. Yeah, it is. Like, this is Einstein. Like the Einstein we learned about in school, we didn't learn about this side of Einstein, but like he was out here doing, like he believed in all of it. So that's the, honestly, that's the stuff that is really mind bending to me. Like I watch a lot of documentaries on Gaia, G-A-I-A. And I was watching this one the other day called everything is energy. And that one was really mind blowing, but specifically it was talking about how the CIA, like not only in America, but like in Russia, in maybe China, they literally use, they hire psychics to read the energy of what other governments are doing. Right. And then of course, like 
down, down here, so to speak, like not in the government, people are like, oh, that's so woo woo. Like, no, actually like national security is determined by psychic reading energy. <laughs> like everybody is doing this actually at like a top level. We just don't, you know, some people just don't believe in it for whatever reason. So it's crazy learning more and more about it really is like the fabric of our lives. And the, the fascinating thing is we don't learn this in school. They no. do not teach you this. No, no, they don't. And <laughs> it's going to sound saucy, but I guess like a question to ask yourself is, and I'm not going to answer this for you, but <laughs> why do you think they don't, you know, I mean, like, why do you think they don't teach you that you can literally create anything you want? Just wondering. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> mystery. <laughs> mystery but you think deeper and you're like whoa yeah I mean I love school so I'm not gonna be one of those people but the school system it's really amazing how much how many of us have wounds from it because you know there's certain subjects that we're just not like we're all such beautiful unique individuals and some of us are really freaking good at writing and suck at math or vice versa and then we're taught how good we are how good enough we are by how we can um, jump through hoops right that can be really really painful for people yes yeah but yeah, that's a I mean, subject. <laughs> no, it is. But I think it's also, that's another thing that's really, really, you know, impactful. I remember seeing this thing. It was like, you know, school has always used manifestation and affirmations. Like when you, when you would get in trouble in school and they would make you sit down and write, I am a whatever, I am a whatever, like a hundred times on your piece of paper. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, we never knew that, but that's what that was. And every exactly. time we use those I am statements, we say it to ourselves. We are, we are, in, we are encroaching our property. We are encroaching our brain, whether that's like good or bad, however you, however yeah. you use it, but we're still doing that, you know? Yeah, no, it's so true. All of it. I mean, it's even just, it's how we, how we're taught to behave in certain settings too. Like then I think about school in the sense of if you were a kid growing up, who was like the class clown <laughs> and the teacher always taught you to be quiet, but you like knew you were a performer. You love to make people laugh. Like your dream is to be a comedian, but then you have these deep feelings around like every time you go to practice now, like stand up comedy, maybe you feel this sense of like shame and you have no idea where it's coming from. And you just mistake it as like, okay, maybe this isn't for me, but maybe it's from all the times that you tried to speak up in class and say something funny. And you like really just want to make people laugh and express yourself mm-hmm. and you kept getting in trouble for it. And now there's programming for you around, no, I need to stay quiet because when I speak up or when I try to be funny, I'm too much for people or I'm told to be quiet or there's shame and embarrassment there. Like it's really, I mean, our parents did our best. I honestly believe that. I think school systems are doing their best, like, but those are the arenas in which we learned who we are. And in a lot of ways, learning who we are in this case means unlearning who we were. And everything in life now is about getting back to who we were before we learned that we weren't good by certain standards or that we messed things up or needed to be quiet or whatever. Going back to like that true raw form of yourself where nobody shot you down and your words to get back up when you fell, when you learned how to walk. Yeah. And it's hard, but there's a lot of hurt there. I mean, like I have been so deep in tapping work to do like, you know, shadow work and finds, and I sometimes just feel emotions that I'm like, oh my God, I know this is probably from first grade and my heart hurts so bad. It feels like, you know, that feeling when you got your feelings hurt as a kid and yeah. you feel your chest and I'm like, whoa, I feel it. And I'm like, man, we have also seen so much hurt. And sometimes it's the smallest things. Like the teacher looked at you like you were annoying. And so you're like, oh God, you know, and then you interpret things about yourself. Like all those things happened all along. Well, so going back to that hurt, if you're okay with talking about this, there's no pressure, but you recently posted on your story how, you know, you, you were emotional and you were going through something. What was it? Was it, was it shadow work? Was it? Yeah, I made a, a, sorry, there's a siren. (laughs) (laughs) As you ask, the siren's coming to make sure the ambulance is on its way. Everything is going to be fine. (laughs) Um, I had basically... So I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know how loud it is on your end, but your city life, baby. Oh yeah. I like don't know. It's like not getting louder, but it stays. It's not going anywhere. You hear it too, right? Oh my god! Yeah, I hear it. Oh, geez. I don't know if it's like stuck in traffic. Oh gosh, I really hope not. Yeah, basically I had made a really big personal decision in my life that I knew I needed to speak for a long time. 
but it was one of those things that I was scared to do because I was certain that I was basically certain I was not going to be able to survive it. Like I thought I would get lost in my emotions and it would ruin my life because of past programming around the same decision. And the last time I had made a similar decision. So I was actually really pleasantly surprised when it happened. I mean, obviously I was like hurting and grieving, but I was like, oh my God, I did it. And sometimes that's just it. Like learning that you can do it and you can handle hard emotions. Um, so yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm on the other side of it. Cause I really <laughs> thought like I, it was something I'd put off forever and ever and ever that I knew I needed to do. And how, did, how, how did you, how did you get yourself to say, okay, I'm going to do it. Like I have to take the leap and I have to do it. For one, um, somebody told me that one day I would just wake up and I'd know. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, is that true? Because I think my subconscious is trying to keep me safe here, but it really did happen like that. And I also follow this guy on Instagram named Phil Good Life, Phil, like P-H-I-L and then Good Life. And he's a cosmic medium. Some of his stuff is a little bit um, controversial, but his spiritual messages are really good. And it was actually this morning that I woke up and I was like, I feel like I have to do something about this he had posted and he's like, this message is definitely for you. And my God, it was, <laughs> and he was like, your guides want you to know that the reason for your suffering is that you're being non-committal, which means that either you need to stay where you are and commit to the fact that you don't know yet, or if you can't commit to staying where you are, even with all of its uncertainty, you need to commit to leaving and leaving, believing that something better can come. And I realized I couldn't commit to staying where I was anymore. And there was just like so much hurt and, um, a lot of pain around that for me and that there was just nothing to do but leave, you know? So yeah, that was just really helpful. Cause I think a lot of times we stay stuck in the story around, it's just scary. It's scary to embrace uncertainty, especially I think for manifestors too, because we want to plan out our whole lives and we've got our dream lives, but we have to work with the forces of uncertainty. So like plunging yourself in uncertainty can be scary. It's always really scary when you're like, I don't know if I'm taking the right step. Am I interpreting this correctly? So what, how, how do you, how do you learn to understand and know what your signs are? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Uh, I think, well, yeah, I'll just say, I think we'll all reach a point with whatever it is that we just get fed up with ourselves or we suddenly see things so clearly. And a lot of times are in a rush to get there, especially people who are really committed to doing the inner work and inner healing. Like say, for example, you know that you need to quit your job. You just know you need to, you imagine this future fictional version of yourself that has quit her job and started that business. But right now you're just really dealing with the fear of it. So there's like a tendency to want to push yourself. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I should just be able to do this. I should just be able to go well, true. But I think it's easier and probably like safer slash healthier for you in the long run to just keep envisioning that future version of yourself that is strong enough to take that leap, envision it, envision it, envision it, um, give yourself love for where you are now and just trust that one day you're going to wake up and you're just going to know, or circumstances are going to compel you in a way that like the door is wide open and it's like shoving you out. <laughs> so in this case, like, for example, when I quit my job a few years ago, it was just like that. I decided I wanted to quit my job. I didn't know what to do about it. I did not know how I was going to like financially survive that. I was like literally six months out of college and I wanted to do my own thing. And anyways, I set my intention that I was going to, and within two weeks I had this conversation with the management and they basically gave me this ultimatum that I couldn't right. agree to. Yeah. They were like, you have to move to Philadelphia. You have to give up speaking. And I knew I was not going to do either of those things. So it was very obvious. Right. But I had set my intention first. And I think like, if I hadn't come to a place where I was like, I'm definitely going to quit. Like the universe wouldn't have shown me a way out so beautifully. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so we're talking a lot about like the general stuff, but I want to hear more of your stories. I want to hear more of your experiences and all of that jazz. So I want to go back like to your Ted talk and everything, because you had spoken about when you first started your nonprofit at 18, right? Mm -hmm. So starting that nonprofit, how did that, and when, when you, you mentioned this guy, Hugo, that you met at a conference and he said, wow, that's a tall order. Yes. How did that experience impact not only your spiritual journey, but just you as a person? First of all, it's funny that you called him Hugo because that is what I named him for my TED talk, but I don't know his name in real life. I just made that up because it was sounded like huge. So that was funny. You know, this guy Hugo, totally great guy. No. Yeah. I, let's see. I, when I first started my business, 
my nonprofit. I mean, it was so thrilling. It was so exciting. And I very quickly saw how it's a boys club. Um, so this particular event, it was this um, entrepreneurship meetup at the Four Seasons in Denver. One of my guy friends took me and he was like a business owner. And I realized I was the only woman there who was not a wife or a girlfriend of the other people there. So I was like the only business owner and all the men, they were older. I was definitely the youngest and all of them had for-profit businesses. So like me saying, I'm donating books. It was like, I just remember feeling kind of stupid, honestly. Anyways, I'm still holding my own. I'm still standing strong. And I'm talking to this guy that I've called Hugo for the purposes of my TED talk. And I say, I'm donating books to girls around the world and mentoring groups. And this was like, right when I was getting started, like I was still raising the money for it. Mm-hmm. And he had said, oh, wow, it's tall order. And I also had never really heard that phrase. Yeah. It's not like a Starbucks tall order. Like yeah. it's not like a small order. Like I, I was like, what do you mean? And sometimes I'm I mean, I am not a vengeful person, but sometimes I want to go back and be like, really? It was a tall order. Cause like, look how far it went. Seriously. (laughs) At that time, I remember being like, that is such a weird thing to say to me and just not really believing him, but then always just kind of wondering, cause it wasn't so much that I thought it was a tall order that I thought it wasn't something I could do, but it made me hyper aware of how others perceived me. And from like a wounding standpoint too, in a way I felt growing up for most of my life, I always just felt like people perceived me as really mediocre and average And it was just kind of like, well, is this a reflection of him thinking I'm average or that I'm not cut out for something so big? And honestly, it still, it gave me a lot of drive, but I definitely had to do a little bit of healing work around it. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but, um, yeah, things like that would happen a lot. And especially in the business realm, like I don't talk about a lot of this stuff anymore, but there's a lot of, I mean, obviously sexism in the business realm or, like a guy expresses interest in your business and says he wants to help. And then turns out he, actually just wants to be with you or whatever. Like I've had instances where this guy was going to bring his investors to my silent auction and we were really good friends. And then my boyfriend came and for some reason he thought I had been lying about having a boyfriend. And so when he met him, he called his investors and told them not to come like really, like really hurtful, bad things like that, where it just made me very, I mean, I like men, so it's not like anything like, I'm, I'm not like, Oh, men are evil, but it just made me really weary. Like when people offer to help, I'm like, why, (laughs) you know, I used to be really kind of gullible and I was like, oh, that's so nice. And now I'm like, what? Yeah. But that was, that was pretty hard. Like, that's what I wrote my honors thesis on in college was female self-agency and and entrepreneurship and venture capital. And I have this whole, um, chapter called the paradox of the red dress. And it's this whole element of when you're a woman in business, you need to be perceived a certain way. And I came up with that name because for my book launch party, when I was a junior in college, Uh, my book was red, the cover of the book. So I found this like gorgeous red lacy dress, like a cocktail dress. And I was so, I thought it would look so pretty. And I had sent a picture to a friend and the friend was like, don't you think you should wear like a sweater dress and glasses? And I was like, what in the, what in the world? And it was this whole perception that you can't be like both feminine and really glam and also an author slash an entrepreneur. I think we've outgrown that really, really quickly as a society, but I just always felt like I had to hide certain aspects of myself as a business owner, or I wasn't doing enough, or it wasn't as impressive because it was a nonprofit instead of a for-profit. Like I definitely had to overcome a lot of that. That honestly feels like it's from past life. Cause that was like totally like my college jam, but yeah, it's like a big part of who I am. Cause I mean, obviously I'm a business owner now, but I must've done a lot of healing around it. Cause I'm like, fine now. <laughs> and I do think it's your perception, right? Like if you go into business thinking everybody is going to be judging you and people are going to always be underestimating you, you're going to attract people who do judge you and underestimate you. But if you're like, no, people will take me seriously. They'll see my worth. Like they will. It's all, it's literally all your perception. And so I think a lot of that was playing into my own insecurities about myself. And once I was able to change those and heal those, my relationships with the outside world changed because it's all a mirror. I think that's what, that's what it all comes down to really. It's just like your perception and the way you view everything, including Mm -hmm. yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I find that too, like when I'm, when I'm tapping with a coaching client and they're really, really emotional about something, you know, we're getting rid of the emotion, we're healing it through the tapping. And if there's always this point that they come to where suddenly things just click and they see things really logically. Like before from the lens of emotion, they're like, it's just because I'm not enough or God, this is always gonna be so hard. And then suddenly they're like, 
wait, that's so crazy that I would even think that because, and it's like lo logic takes over truly, but like emotion is what gets in the way and really distorts perception. And a lot of us, not even a lot, all of us, we live sometimes forever stuck in that emotional, like smoke and mirrors, the funhouse mirrors um, of our perception of the outside world when really it's not at all what we're imagining because we're looking at everything through the lens of how we, what we think about ourselves. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So it's like yeah. the way, the way you look at yourself is the way you look at everything and how everything will look at you. Yeah. Like think about it from this example, say that you are feeling like you are just, I, I don't know why this is coming up as an example for me, but like, you just feel like you're too much. Like people don't like to hang out with you. You're too much. And you've just been really feeling like that lately. Yeah. And then you had plans with a friend on Friday night and they text you and they say, Hey, I'm so sorry to do this, but I'm, I need to cancel because my, I have family in town. And if you're in that place of like, Oh my God, I'm too much. People like, people don't like me. You're going to be like, Oh my gosh, they are faking this. They're, they're not act. They don't actually have family in town. Oh my God. Now I'm mad at this friend. Like you come up with this whole story. But if you're in a place where you're like good with yourself, you get that text and you're like, Oh my gosh, so fun. Have fun. Let me like make plans with someone else or do something else. Like completely different in one you create the story and the second you're just like, okay, yeah, I will miss you. Like, see you Saturday yeah. instead. Like, and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you actually use that example because growing up, I was always, oh my God, you're so loud. Everybody would always say like, you're so loud. You're too outgoing. Like those oh, things that yeah. like, I was like, okay. And my mom, my mom would always, she would always encourage me to be confident in who I am and just honestly, just be confident. Like she would always praise me always. And so, I mean, that never really hit me. There were obviously a few times where I was like, well, am I too much? Everybody would always say that I'm too loud, like going in public. I'm too loud. Obviously I was a little kid. Maybe I was a little too loud, but you know, things yeah. have changed. Yeah. And it's important for you to recognize that you had that at the time that you felt self-conscious about it because we never know just how much, but that's probably limiting you in some capacity in your current life, unless you killed it. Yeah. So is, is shadow working in your opinion, or have you found that shadow working is the best way to overcome that? Yeah. And what I mean by shadow work to be really clear is like looking at what you don't want to look at about yourself, because it's scary and hard to admit that parts of you are broken for like lack of a better term, like that parts of you are shattered parts of you you left behind because of things people have said, because of your perceptions of situations, because of hard things that you've been through. And so shadow work is really committing to like looking at that underbelly of, okay, what really hurts me? Like, how am I not viewing things from a factual perspective? What ways am I participating in my own self-limitation and self-sabotage? And then shadow working in this case would be for me, it's tapping, removing the emotional resonance around it. And a lot of times there's layers to that. Like for me, a big one has always been feelings of self-worth. Mm -hmm. uh, I think everybody has like one core wound that they came to this lifetime to work on yes. and then it the wound had to be activated. Right. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, wow, I really knocked out like a huge part of that because I've completely forgotten about this one ex-boyfriend or whatever. And then suddenly I'll get like a memory from sixth grade and it's like, sounds so stupid because <laughs> it was like nothing. It was one thing once like one person said, and the next thing I know, I'm like a 24 year old woman crying about it. But I'm like, okay, it's really good that I figured out that actually that hurt me because you're carrying around the hurt with you always, whether you're looking at it or not, it's still within you and it's blocking your reception of the things that you want. So it's really best to just look under the hood and start to heal it little by little. Were there any things that you found limited you when you took, like, took the entrepreneurship journey head on, like, especially starting your nonprofit and writing your book? Yeah, let me, I would say I had a huge, I guess on the worth front, like I had a really hard time asking for things for, I mean, the one, it was always really awkward to, to fundraise because then yes. you're literally asking for money. Um, <laughs> But I remember too, when my book came out, trying to get press for my book and I had never tried to do anything like that. And literally that consists of just like <laughs> finding the emails and the Twitter handles of every journalist on the face of the earth and trying to pitch them your story and being like, please cover it. And I just, I actually had this video that I found because sometimes I'll just record my thoughts if I'm feeling really stressed. And I remember the video was like, oh my gosh, I just feel so annoying, like begging these journalists to cover my story. Like 
but everybody does that. Everybody has yeah. to like, you know, usually people hire a PR agency. I bootstrapped it. I successfully got my book into Forbes and entrepreneur. Like I am such a girl boss for doing that. I didn't mean to say girl boss. I meant just boss. Cause we don't need to say girl in front of it, but I'm super proud of myself for like pulling that off. But I remember at the time feeling like, Oh my gosh, nobody, but I'm sure that energy came across to the people I was pitching to. Right. Cause right. if I had just pitched people and I was like, this is definitely a story you want to cover because X, Y, and Z. And I felt really confident in it. They'd probably read the email, feel the energy of like, Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a story you want to cover. But like, I had to work, I had to really work hard and send out some emails to get there. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's really, really, really fascinating how energy is just everywhere and connected to everything Yes, and impacts so many people's decisions. Like you don't realize it, but that, that email you send with a good mindset and a good intention and like oh yeah this is this one will be easy like no problem it'll be like I'll I'll get this one guy like no problem because he's whatever you'll definitely get it yes you like accidentally send it to the wrong email yes for some bigger guy totally totally yeah it's so true and it's also like I can attest to that being somebody who receives hundreds of dms and you know tons of emails there is something energetic to it just because I'm so busy. So it's not that I'm like intentionally ignoring people, but sometimes I'm like, I really want to respond to this DM. And I know it's going to like take a hot second for me to like, you know, reply or send a voice memo to people in some cases, but for some reason I really want to reply. And a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting you to reply. And I'm like, well, I feel like you're in the energetic space for me to reply then. Right. Like just sending it from like the bottom of their hearts versus people who are like, hello, please teach me how to manifest. And like, <laughs> Are you kidding me? What? I'm not like an on-demand teacher slash please just watch anything I post. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. No, I know. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, oh my gosh. I want to go back to your, your, your sign that you had talked about in your, in your Ted talk. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's somewhere on my desk. Yeah. It's right here. Oh my gosh, you still have it. Yeah, of course I do. Do you look at it every day? I honestly don't. It's facing like out my door. So it's like some people could see they walked into my office, but it's always there. I, I love that. I mean, I remember well watching your TED talk and seeing how important it was and you know, you reworking. It was your second TED talk, right? And so you reworking through all that. I want I want you to tell the world how how those words impacted you. So I'm a Leo and I'm very like, I don't know. I'm like expressive because of that. And I do have this little streak around being kind of a big deal, I guess. Cause of like the things I've accomplished or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's such a good question. I haven't really thought about the sign in a long time. It was just kind of this funny joke that my brother got me yeah. just because it does sound like my personality, but I just love that attitude in general for anybody to adopt, to be like, I'm kind of a big deal. Like you should feel so lucky to <laughs> fill in the blank. I was watching, I think America's got talent and somebody like some really amazing singer didn't. Oh, by the way. Oh my gosh. We have to talk about your singing too. That's another thing. Um, like this really amazing singer, he walked in and he was like, whatever, whatever he was singing and everybody thought he was really good, but he, I don't, nobody thought that he felt, he was really good. So they, Lionel Richie told him, go into the mirror every morning. And he does it. He walks, he, when he wakes up, he looks in the mirror, look dead himself, like himself in the eye in the mirror. And he goes, I'm Lionel Richie. And like, he, he, he feels that I'm kind of a big deal thing. Yeah. I love that. I love that, man. I need to incorporate that for sure. I think that's really powerful, especially as a way to start the day, like just to be reminded of your power. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think your name holds so much power. Like, thank just- you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess you just made it in general. I, I took that as like, <laughs> no, no, Hoffman Smith, but I think, yeah. But yeah, your name, like the name that people know you by. Yeah. But no, your name also is. Really oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not to take credit here, but people do think my name is cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, and, and the way you incorporated your middle name into it. Like, yeah, it's also because my, um, my middle name is my mom's maiden name. Right. Yeah. What, what, drew, what really drew you to that? Cause I know you say that you were drawn to it, but why, how? 
Um, well, just because like Haley Smith is so boring. And <laughs> I was actually Haley Ann Smith when I was born. Yes. And maybe when I was three, my mom changed it to Haley Hoffman Smith. And I don't know. I just like the name. I don't know. I also am so like connected to my mom's family and my mom. So I just wanted to represent. <laughs> and it just kind of sounded good. I like kind of the double H and then an S, HHS. So I really like it. It really rolls off the tongue really well. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'll pass that compliment on to my parents. <laughs> um, okay. I have, I, I don't know why, but I had this burning question when I was listening to your talks and reading some things, but you use the word big a lot. Yes. So what does it mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. I just feel like we are here to live the biggest lives possible and we should do everything big, like love big, go after big things, see ourselves as big. I don't know what it is about the word that really just resonates with me, but I think it's just like the opposite of small, right? So it's like, don't play small. Don't undercount yourself. Always shoot for bigger and also know how big you truly are. There's just always been something in that for me. Like big will always be my word. I'll always incorporate it into everything. That's yeah, I, I see it in everything you do and I love it. Yeah, thank you. It has a lot of meaning and it's like, it makes yeah. you feel something too. I was actually gonna make the password for the Zoom thing dream big, but it was too Work, long. I saw it, I saw it, it made me smile. Oh Yeah, yeah. Um, you you had also said in your TED talk that your like achievement isn't an end goal. It's just some place that you end up on the path to I think like your real purpose. Yes. Right? So how do you how do you find your purpose? How did you find your purpose? A lot of trial and error, honestly. Um yeah, a lot of it was just going after things that I thought would make me feel good, i.e. like trying to get into a really top school or whatever. And then I just found on the way that there were certain arenas in which I'd really glow. Like I'd feel like I always have this thing where my cheeks get really warm and buzzy if I'm doing something I really love. Like if I'm filming and afterwards, my cheeks are like super flushed in the best way. So I noticed it was like when I was in front of the camera um, when I was speaking and when I was doing any type of like group work, like mentoring a group of girls. Now it's like when I do my programming, like when I did dream away or my masterminds where I am on camera, but like, I'm working with a group of people and we're talking through empowering things. And, and there's just like a rush you get after it's so energizing and you won't know your purpose until you find whatever it is that does make you feel that energized. And so honestly, in the face of a purpose that's that big, <laughs> to bring big backgrounds, accomplishment, i.e. all the things that you could put on your resume feel really insignificant, inconsequential. Like that doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for the things that are in my resume or the things that I have accomplished, but I've also been in the rat race to land that, to get to a place of accomplishment. And you feel really empty when you get there. Like it always surprises people. You think, oh, wow, when, when I have this, I'll be happy. And then you get there and it's such a letdown, such a letdown. Like you probably have one split second of like, woo. And then it's gone, yeah. completely gone. It's progress that makes us happiest as humans. Like there's a lot of research behind that. It's more about like, oh my gosh, I've been, you know, tra training for this marathon. And today was the first day I've been able to run over 20 miles, right? That makes us way more excited than the day that you finished the marathon, and you like made the time or whatever. Like there's just something about getting better that humans love and you always feel that. So how do you, how do you personally deal with the fallacy of not feeling that reward when you really achieve, achieve something? For one, I'm in this weird place in my life where I don't really know what I can, what I could have my eye on as an empty achievement, right? Like the things I want from here moving forward all encompass my purpose. Like I want a book deal, but that's more about being able to write down everything I've learned and everything I have to offer and sharing that with the world. So that's really embroiled in my purpose. I imagine like when <laughs> my book hits the New York times bestseller list, that will probably feel kind of empty just, you know, calling it. I mean more, unless I'm able to look at it as, oh my gosh, wow, that many people really liked my book and took something from it. Like that, that makes you feel good for sure. But I think I really, in college, it's so easy to get caught up in that, like high school and college, because everybody is like, what job are you going to get? What internship are you going to get? Like what GPA are you going to have or whatever? And 
I also got really caught up in like, I've been featured in every freaking publication you can imagine. <laughs> and that was another thing too, where I was like, I'll know I have made it when my name is like printed in Forbes or whatever. No and then it happens and it's exciting for a second. And then you're just like, like now, honestly, I'll find out that my book was in USA Today or something and I will feel nothing. And I don't say that to sound ungrateful. I'm just like, what does it matter? Like, yeah. what does it matter? Like it matters way more to me if someone reaches out and they say, hey, because of your podcast episode, I decided to move cities or I was having a really bad day and your reel made me smile. Like that matters way more to me than something else I could add to my, like, I don't even touch my website anymore. Like, I don't really care about the things I've accomplished anymore. It's really the way you make people feel. Yeah, that's everything. And that's been the, one of the biggest changes for me because again, as a Leo, (laughs) I used to think it was like the Haley show all the time. And I just learned, especially through like creating TikTok content, like People are inspired by my story for sure because of how much I changed in my life, but they're only inspired by it because they see themselves in me. And the second that I put myself on some type of pedestal, it stops working. Obviously, like you just, it just doesn't resonate with people anymore. And so everything you put onto the world needs to literally be from the standpoint of trying to help people. Otherwise, it's just not, it's not, you're not going to get anywhere. You just aren't. And I see a lot of, I'm not like trying to call out other people, but I see a lot of content creators trying really hard to make content that's going to take off. And I'm like, I see why it's not because it's not obvious to the viewer how it's going to help them. Yeah. You have to show up truly as a servant, truly. Yes. Like how is this going to help in some way? And I still try to incorporate like, you know, the things I experience or my own perspectives or parts of my story as I feel like it's applicable, but I really have had this huge shift from like an I mentality, which a lot of us are just like primed into, to a, well, how can I help? Like how this is about the viewer, this is about the listener. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the other day, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was yesterday, if not the day before my j- days are really jumbled, but mm-hmm. I, I was like, I don't know. I've just felt some type of way. I didn't like it. I was just not in a great mood. So I literally said to myself, self, I'll go listen to Haley's podcast and I will feel better. Like listening to your voice and listening to you talk and just, I don't know, I mean, talking about everything that's on your podcast made made me feel just so good and I felt like literally everything was okay in the world I was like I can breathe like that's what I live for that is what I live for yeah that just makes me so happy so happy yeah yeah well I mean you're definitely making a huge impact on so many people like speaking for all of us um oh that means a lot to me I've got like full body goosebumps (laughs) Yeah, means a lot. Who who's your hero? Um, this is gonna sound bad, but I don't think I have one, and I don't think I want one. Yeah, everyone's always like, "Who's your role model?" And I I was always like Oprah, because you know I want to be like yes. stuff. But I don't know. I think there's something problematic about idolizing people. I'd say I've heard someone say this before. So this is like so cliche and kind of cheesy, but I guess like the one thing I'd say is my future self is my hero. I love that. Taylor Price, she said the same thing. She was like, I'm my own hero. And I was like, I love that. Or sometimes I'll, I'll think about just, I mean, this is very much in the tune of my most recent podcast episode around channeling your future self. But I also, a lot of times think about my past self who worked really hard to get where I am today. Like there was a lot of hustle before I got here, obviously, and I'm not done, but I look back at her and I'm like, that, that girl's my hero. Like that girl who like, she gave all of this to build what, where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Um, Emotional. (laughs) I know. I know. I, I, this is probably the fate, like one of my favorite most English one of my most favorite things I've ever or episodes rather I've ever recorded just because of like the the connectivity the I know this is a flow it seems like we practiced I know seriously (laughs) I know people are like are they reading off a script (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) I asked you about this yeah I know um I, okay so if you had to if you could go back to your your younger self and tell her something what would it be and why? Um, I'd say you're born for bigger things than you can imagine. And I just think I, I've mentioned a lot how I felt like I was really average and mediocre when I was growing up. Yeah. And that was a huge source of pain for me because I also, this is going to sound so weird, but when I was a kid, I would always be like, gosh, I just know I'm going to be big. It doesn't sound weird. 
I, yeah, I guess not. I guess not. Not at all. But I, I just knew that. And it's funny because sometimes I'll go to psychics and like, you know, we want to be a talk show host and yes. they'll say like, long story short, it's probably going to happen soon, but more on that soon. But <laughs> they'll always say things like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Um, they'll always say things like, wow, I see you being like four years old and wishing upon a star and like knowing that you were born for this. And I'm like, yeah, like I, I knew I was born for it. And then somewhere along the way, I was just like, no, I'm average. Like I'm not born for it. And so I just, oh my gosh, like how, I mean, I'm fine with how everything turned out, obviously. And I still feel like I'm young and I have time to make everything happen. But sometimes I just wonder who I'd be right now and like what my experience to date would have been if I just kept believing that I was made for big things the whole time. And so like the same reflection for anybody who's listening. Like I guarantee that if you feel called to it, you're made for big things. It's like that one TikTok I made, you might remember it was from like last December, but it was like, this is for everybody who feels like they were born for it. It's like, so if you hear that first line and you're like, it's me, like you have to trust that because there's people out there who hear that first line and they don't think it's them. And that's not, it doesn't say anything about like, their impact on the world because we all have our own impact. But some of us know that we were made for really, really, really big things. Some of us feel like we were made for smaller things, but that's okay because we find the most joy in that. And we literally all work together. Like we all have to be at our best. Yes. So anyways, long answer. <laughs> no, I love the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I want you to shout out all of your everything. So take the mic away. For some reason, when you said shout out, I thought about when, you know, when you're on TV and they're like, is there anyone you want to say hi to? <laughs> I'm like, I'd like to shout out my mom, my best friend, Rachel. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Um, yeah. My podcast is called Big Conversations. We have some big conversations over there. I have um, a YouTube. So I do spiritual vlogs every week. And then my reels and my TikToks are like obviously bite-sized content, but. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Those are the, those are those. <laughs> Apparently, I also completely failed to mention that she's also a TEDx speaker. Did I say she's an author? I don't know if I said she's an author, but she's also an author and she has a bunch of amazing communities that you guys should go follow and you guys need to go follow her Instagram if you haven't already. Um, But yeah, that was today's episode. Again, thank you so much, Haley, for coming onto the podcast. Literally means the world to me. I'm so thankful for you and thank you again for coming. But yeah, that was today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys are doing well. I know the world is crazy, but please don't forget that everybody's going through something. So please be kind. You don't know what's underneath it all. You don't know what anybody's going through. And I'm reminded of it every single day. The people I thought whose lives were perfect are going through so much and it costs nothing to be kind. It costs nothing to smile at somebody. So if you haven't done so, try and make someone's day today. But yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week. And don't forget to like this podcast, give it a rate, give it a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But I hope you guys have an amazing week. And thank you so much for tuning in. Um, But yeah, I will see you guys super soon. Bye.